Hi everyone! Welcome to Witchfinger Horror Podcast. My name is Yasmina, and to my right is Morgan. Hello! And to my left is Megan. Hello! And tonight we're watching one of the best fucking movies ever fucking made. The motherfucking Lost Boys! Boys. Uh, wanting to do this movie ever since we started the podcast and uh, we're finally doing it and um, I'm pretty stoked. I'm as excited for this episode as I was for the Fright Night one. Yeah. So definitely I think I'm uh, 20% more excited for this one. Because I know, obviously like everyone... Everyone loves this movie. You can just watch it over and over and over and never, ever get sick of it. Ever. I don't want to, like, get into it before we get into it, but when you bitches were looking at, like, the stats and everything doing mm. your research, did it piss you guys off at all to read that a lot, the majority of the critics were like, I mean, it's good, but, like, it's not great. Yeah, like, that was, like, was, like, like, like there was, like, seven. Flawed. It was, yeah. it was, it's a flaw. Yeah. I was like, it's actually not. No. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's, it's one perfect. of the most quintessential perfect 80s movies it's i wouldn't even call it really a horror movie i mean obviously the subject matter is vampires taint scary so, taint scary though yeah it's not scary no. at all i think it's, it's it's sexy it's got like the teen kind of angst thing going on yeah. um, but it's just like a, it's just got a certain aesthetic and a certain kind of say, like, idea it's got like it's like fashion forward. It's like it a is. fashion yeah. forward vampire. Flick. Well, originally, mm. like the original script, um, apparently they were supposed to be kids, mm-hmm. and then Joel Schumacher wanted to switch them into teenagers to add like a sexy appeal Good and call. hallelujah. Mm. Good because call. it is a very fucking sexy. Yeah, movie. he was saying he wanted it to be like Goonies. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It started yeah. off as like a G-rated family yeah, adventure no. film, basically that was aimed at kids, kind of. I guess, sort of like the Goonies. Right. Obviously, yeah. the guy who uh, was originally attached to the film to direct was the same director that did the Goonies. So, obviously, that didn't end up working out for other reasons, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so, and here we are, like, sexy teen vampires. It's a sexy fucking movie, that's for sure. Well, it was released in 1987 and uh, directed by Shoal uh, Jumacher. Jumacher. <laughs> 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 okay, it's Thanksgiving, we, yeah. and we've all had a few drinks. We have to preface this, yeah. I think this is probably my sixth glass of wine, so yeah. I'm actually surprised that I'm, like, able to it's speak normally. We were already dancing and twerking before yeah. we started this episode and we were like this is going to be a sloppy one fuck yeah to the lost boy soundtrack of course of no course less. uh so directed by joel schumacher written by janice fisher james jeremiah's yeah. jeffrey bohm who did this screenplay and he also did the screenplay for witches of eastwick uh awesome. lethal weapon um the last crusade indiana jones last crusade which is my favorite one and the dead zone he also wrote the screenplay for that awesome uh the budget for this film was 8.5 million and the box office was 32 million dollars not bad fucking killed it imdb has a 7.3 and rotten tomatoes has a 73 percent again are you fucking kidding me yes i think it i think it deserves higher than that for sure like honestly i would probably give this like a 90 percent at least for sheer enjoyability yeah yeah i yeah, like you I said before, I mean? it's honestly, you can seriously never get sick of this yeah. movie. You can just yeah. watch it over and over again. I, I've probably seen this movie, I want to say like 75 times in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. 
But yeah, so it also won the Saturn Award for Best Horror Movie in 1987, and it was only filmed in three weeks. Which is impressive. Like, they must have been going, like, hard yeah. on the set. On this, It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it actually opened number two the opening weekend yeah. that... Uh, that it went uh, to theaters, and the number one film was actually The Living Daylights, which is the 007 movie <sighs> that weekend. So I was gonna say, the fuck is that? Yeah, James Bond beat it by whatever, but it's still like it still did very well. Excuse me. So the uh, beginning scene of them in the carousel actually foreshadows the order of their deaths. Spoiler alert! Obviously. I mean, come on. If you're listening to this, you've obviously watched this movie. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and if you haven't, then you should shut it off and you watch the movie and then you listen afterwards. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I uh, also noticed, um, even when I was a kid, that the Lost Boys were like the Lost Boys from Peter Pan. And I always, like, made that correlation. But I actually never knew that that's actually, like, the reference to the Peter Pan story. Um, because the Lost Boys and Peter Pan also never grow old. Um, in the first draft of the script, uh, David's name was Peter. And the mother's name was Wendy instead of Lucy. Yeah, so they were actually based off of the same Yeah, kind of... which is I'm why, like... It, oh, fuck, that's, I that's know. too... It takes it too far. I know. Too far, yeah. right? And it's too also, similar, like, because of the whole... Uh, Goonies like children actors yeah. that they wanted to originally play the vampires like it's good that they changed it to teenagers because it definitely obviously appealed to teenagers in the 80s and um, even the dog's name Nanook is a reference to uh, Nana the dog and Peter Pan that's crazy yeah and I also know that uh, Lucy the mom's name was a reference to Lucy from Dracula and, yeah, that's um, cool. The kids Edgar and Allen are in reference Edgar to Edgar Allan Poe. Poe. Well, it's funny because everyone, I mean, it was it, there's like essays, like hundreds of essays written about how Peter Pan is about dead kids. Really? Oh god. Mm. Oh, if I you never knew look that. into it because they never grow old. They go yeah. away to this special magical place. So it's like place. heaven, it's like heaven of, yeah. right? So it's like they were dead kids. That's actually pretty interesting. Oh, dude, it's way more morbid than I thought. I thought you it was just like a fairy tale. Yeah. They're brilliant. I always thought that Disney had a morbid but side But Disney didn't come up with the fucking story. Come yeah, that's on, true. Now. They yeah, ripped that shit off. Yeah. But they're always adding boners and shit and like, yeah. bits in their, <laughs> in their scenes. <laughs> like the rescuers down under when they're like the porn on the TV oh. and like the fucking Pope. Little in, Mermaid. Uh, little Mermaid yeah. that gets a Getting boner and shit like that. Super obvious. Yeah, I think we've talked about that before on the I podcast. I think so. There's a there's a few things that we we always yeah. come back to. One of them well, is Rob Lowe, which we'll talk to. Oh, uh, talk I know. About He's more. a real life vampire. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, well, most of the movie was filmed in Santa Cruz, and uh, the producers changed the town to the fictional Santa Carla because the city council didn't want the murder capital of the world like portrayal. So they refused to give them permission to use the town's name. But it's funny because of the true historic fact about Santa Cruz, which actually had a string of murders in the 70s, and it was nicknamed Murdersville, USA. Yeah, so obviously they were they were upset that they were bringing yeah. that back up, because yeah. actually there were, in the 70s, there were three active serial killers in the area yeah, I saw that. at the same time. So one was Edmund Kemper, uh, one was Herbert Mullen, who actually murdered 13 people uh, and claimed that it prevented earthquakes. 
I found that to be an Valid. interesting fact. Um, and then also David Carpenter was the third serial killer that was sort of uh, active in the 70s at that time, which gave them the murder, Murderville, USA, or murder capital of yeah. the U.S. kind of um, reputation. I love that this movie is screened every year on the Santa Cruz boardwalk, though. Like, that's adorable. Yeah, and actually, Corey Feldman, uh, Corey Feldman has hosted a couple really? times. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I would love to attend that. Yeah, I did he see that, actually. Be so silly. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, fuck, I know. Oh, oh we'll get into the Corys later, oh, that's man. for sure. Um, but, yeah, well, uh, let's talk about... Uh, so, we're just at the beginning of the movie right now. Like, not much is happening. Like, they just... Uh, Michael and Sam just got to the grandpa's house and everything. Yep. Making the move from Arizona. Michael. And, um, yeah, so uh, Joel Schumacher. Um, Let's talk about him for a little bit. I have so much to say about this I did not know that he was openly gay. Had no idea. And uh, actually, before he directed, uh, started out as a costume designer. And let's fucking talk about Batman versus Robin. Oh my god, we're jumping right to that right now. Although I still will watch it. I know. See that okay, here's the thing though. Like when Batman Forever came out, it it did well. And because of the success, they gave him like the studios like gave Joel, you know, the rights to do whatever he wanted with Batman versus yeah, it did, Robin. It did fabulous. And then it just fucking turned out to be a pile of shit. Again, and I will admit, watchable movies. They're both totally fucking watchable. I will admit, though, although Batman versus Robin is one of the worst, it's actually on Batman the list. It's, it's on, on one of the worst, worst movies, movies ever, yeah. Ever, like, up there with fucking Battlefield Earth. It's enjoyable, though. It's enjoyable because of Arnold. And obviously for me, because I love oh, Arnold. He's a parody of himself in that. It's great. so bad. They're it's all so great. Bad. The costumes are fucking great. They are. But the lighting, <laughs> the lighting yeah. is phenomenal. You can you can tell, obviously, it was huge budget. Okay, so we have to pause. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking. Saxophone. Uh, Tim Capello <laughs> gyrating his goddamn fucking thong and saxophone. Holy He's shit. He's so glistening. Like, I know. They pretty well, much were like... oiled up yeah, for like, every performance. Yeah, he's slippery. You could never catch him. He, you, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I I did some research on Tim Capello. And he, um, a really long time ago, was actually addicted to heroin. Wow. Yeah. He's I so didn't know he, that. Yeah. yeah. He, um, I love the chains around his neck. He is out of control. Like, this scene is so iconic. There are so many people that just like talk about this and are just like, wow, this is fucking, this is absurd. Okay, so yeah, Tim Capello used to be addicted to heroin and then he took off for like a month in Europe and quit cold turkey and then took up bodybuilding, oh, okay. uh, which wow. is why he's massive. Mm. And then he got a job uh, playing uh, saxophone and keyboard for Tina Turner. Which is amazing. Um, he also uh, played for Peter Gabriel. Oh, he also played nice. for Ringo Starr. And he also actually, he started kind of like playing with uh, Carly Simon before uh, Tina Turner. And uh, Carly Simon would actually like pull him onto the stage by a leash Ooh. and then he would only be wearing a thong and that wow. was like and being shirtless and like being all oiled up and that was like his signature look like obviously throughout time so like bdsm yeah yeah nice. i know what? which is very like uh for carly simon like i, I that's was actually really pretty surprised. risque i, I know say. yeah but apparently so he used to go by timmy and then he changed his name Timmy. to Timmy. <laughs> and then he changed his name to tim 
when he had his like life changing experience in Nepal, sorry, it wasn't like so he went to Nepal oh, when crazy. he wanted to like kick heroin. Uh, I wonder if he like just climbed Mount Everest or some Fuck. shit. Yeah, so um, he uh, had his own band in New York City called the Ken Dolls. Oh, Jesus. And the weird. style was referred to as porn pop. Uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so the song. I still believe is a cover by a band called The Call. And it's mm-hmm. funny because me and Morgan were talking about this the other day. And like the second that you said The Call, I was like, I fucking know who that band is because the guy who is the singer for The Call is um, the bass player from Black Rebel Motorcycles dad that's such a weird connection yeah because i've always i just knew who the call was because black rebel motorcycle club are one of my favorites like i have their name tattooed on my ribs and then so and then i did not and then i just like completely forgot that they did i still yeah they wrote it that's crazy Um, i know and um so tim capello is also an actor he was in miami vice he was also in What's Love Got to Do With It. Nice. That's cool. Uh, which is a great fucking movie. Um, and he's also in the video for uh, One of the Living for uh, Beyond Thunderdome. Cool. Yeah. And, um, and he's like Chris Goad the fuck up in this Oh, movie. yeah, for Chris sure. Go. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, back to Joel Schumacher. Uh, so there actually is a documentary on YouTube about how terrible Batman versus Robin is. It's about like 20 minutes, but like George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell are like all in it. And they're all really? like laughing about the fact that they put nipples on the suits. Oh my God. Well, it's because they, they focus on it in so many scenes. The camera pans in yeah, to yeah. the nipple. Mm-hmm. Like, how I know. And then Joel like, like actually like went after, uh, I think he said that he was under a lot of pressure from the studio because it was like more of like a commercialized like toy fame yeah, movie for sure like it was more centered towards you know like children merchandise. yeah and the, merchandise the, the merchandising and of it yeah, yeah. Like and then so he actually and like after the movie was like released he apologized to the public I don't he think he even knows yeah <laughs> i don't think he needs <laughs> to terrible. you remember the scene where they have the glow in the dark paint and they're like drumming like the, the bad guys mm. and the glow in the dark paints going everywhere. And that is such a and they're riding their motorcycles. Fuck that. Is that like in Batman Forever? Yeah. Well he did both of them. Yeah, but Batman versus Robin is like Batman exceptionally and Robin, not bad. Batman versus Robin. Oh sorry, sorry, I'm just uh We don't uh, have to fuck you guys up there. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, there's a movie well, Batman versus Robin? What? I know, right? Well fun fact, if for Batman Forever, um Joel wanted Corey Haim to be Robin mm. and he actually did audition, but he didn't get it. Because, because he, was, he was too yes, messed up, apparently. he was yeah. way too messed up. So we'll get into Corey Haim later. Um, uh, but yeah, so Joel's other movies, uh, Flatliners. That's um, awesome. I watched it recently. It's fucking I actually holds have up. never seen it from beginning oh, to end. It's good. I know. It's fantastic. And like my friend worked on the remake because it was filmed in, uh, in Toronto. And I'll, I'll watch the original before I watch the remake. But um, You should, definitely. Kiefer also, Sutherland, Kevin Bacon is in it, Julia Roberts. Like, yeah, like yeah. it's fantastic. Kevin Bacon in the day? Fuck off. He's he so also... Hot. He's so hot. Can we just talk about for a hot minute how he directed the video for Kiss from a Rose? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just like... <laughs> That is really yeah, cool. Yeah, he sure did. And uh, he also uh, directed video. a Smashing Pumpkins and a Bush video, too. I know. That's weird. Oh, and also Devil Inside uh, by In Excess, which is one of Devil In Excess's best fucking songs. But that was a result of this movie because apparently in order to get some of the really, really big 
names for the soundtrack. Joel Schumacher right. promised to direct videos for all these people. So he directed and like, didn't the next year. Kiefer Sutherland, that because he was such a big NXS fan, uh, like wanted to do Yeah, this I movie. heard that, yeah, he agreed because yeah. he was like, well, NXS, that's cool. I'll do it because they're on the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, other, it's just kind of funny, like with Joel Schumacher, like he's done like some really good movies, but he's also done some very terrible He's very movies. hit and miss. It's yeah, really very strange. hit and miss. Like, okay, 8mm, I like that movie. Yeah, That's a good it was movie good. with Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage yeah, with right. the snuff film. Um, I actually watched St. Elmo's Fire today. What do you think of it? By I've never way? seen it. I thought it was good, but it was it's like good. everybody just fucks everybody. It's very emotional. And like it's Demi like Moore is like addicted movie. to coke. Yeah, and, like, it's a heavy movie. It's, it's yeah. like the Brat Pack, and like obviously like the Breakfast Club is way better. Yeah. But Rob Lowe again, holy fuck. He's hot. God damn, that man is hot. You know, you realize that you're like, when you hit your 30s, and like you realize that you're like not a young adult anymore when you think about having sex with men in their 50s. Because <laughs> I yeah. looked him up, and I was like, how old is Rob Lowe now? Because he's still fucking sexy as shit. And he's 53, so is Kristen Glover. Mm-hmm. I would totally still fuck Kristen Glover. And like Vincent Gallo yeah. is like 55 and still would. Like they're all in their 50s. And I'm like, wow, I actually feel like an adult. No. Rob Lowe. I find people in their he's 50s an attractive. Yeah, he is a he's vampire. a vampire. He's ageless. Like, it's insane. Um, Falling Down. That movie is great. Falling Down is such Never a good movie. It. Oh, my God. Michael it's Douglas. Michael Douglas. He plays, Ooh, like, a Michael disgruntled... Douglas. Irate man. Yeah, it's amazing. He yeah. just... The entire really? movie, he's just... Anybody that fucks with him, he, like, will smash them with a bat or really? just fuck with them. It's actually it's awesome. a phenomenal movie. It's yeah. a great cool. movie. Like, I, like, what, grew up what, watching what it. What era? I think it was, like, It's, 90, it's 93. Okay, mm-hmm. I love it. It's really... Dude, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, if you're ever having, like, a really bad day and you just want to be, like, fuck everything, watch Falling Down. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. So, the Client. That's a great That's movie. A great yeah, movie. I saw that in theaters. Yeah. And John Grisham and Time to Kill as well. And it's funny because oh, uh, a, a time to kill. A t- I've actually never seen a Time to Kill, oh, but brutal. I do know that a Time to Kill and The Client are both John Grisham novels. And John actually was so impressed with the good job that he did with The Client that he requested that Joel direct A Time to Kill. Um, and Donald and Kiefer are both in that movie. Oh, cool. Yep. And uh, Phone Booth. I've actually never seen Phone Booth, but never I've heard, heard really it. good things about I it. I vaguely remember um, it. It's, it's um, early 2000s, right? Colin Farrell and a phone yes, booth. Yes, like, yes, yes. And he yes, answers yes. the phone, yeah. and then he tells him that, it, like, you know, shit's going down. I have your girlfriend hostage. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, okay, blah. I remember And, like, it. he has to, like, follow yeah. instructions. And Kiefer Sutherland is actually the caller. And, like, you don't even, like, you just hear his voice during the whole movie. I think maybe he's Listen seen, I don't remember. But Phone Booth was also written by Larry Cohen who oh, directed shit. the stuff and alive mm. it's alive and Q yeah <laughs> the, Wicked, the Serpent. Wicked Serpent I'm pretty sure that movie comes up in every fucking episode yeah um, it's amazing. So there's another vampire movie that Joel Schumacher did, which I've never seen, but it's called Blood Creek. And it's like a it's Viking newer. vampire yeah. movie. No. Yeah. No way. I've never seen it, but I, I'd give it a shot. But also, okay, so he wrote the screenplay for one of the worst fucking movies, The Wiz. Oh, I'm yeah. the Wiz. I'm the Wiz. I'm the Wiz. <laughs> That's amazing. But holy shit, I tried to watch The Wiz. I don't even know what it's about. It's... Diana Ross, Michael Jackson are in it. Michael Jackson plays the I'm Scarecrow. Sorry. What? You didn't know that? You've never heard movie. of The Wiz? There's a movie. Yeah, it's The Wizard of Oz, but like with like. Oh, is it different then? There's just. It's not really. I guess the songs and stuff. I've never yeah. really seen it. Dude, but I, I tried. I tried to watch it. Oh no. Okay. 
It's it's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Um. He also directed that fucking Phantom of the Opera with Gerard Butler from um, the mid two thousands. Do you remember funny? it? I went saw it in the theater. Gerard Butler. Oh my god. See, I've never seen that movie, but I worked <gasps> at HMV at the time, and it sold like crazy. You know what? Like it. Really? It did really really well. I'm sorry. What was it called again? Sorry. It's Phantom, Phantom of the Opera. Oh my god. Yeah. It came um, out about like ten years ago. Or something. It was two thousand four. Um. And I did. I saw it in the theater with Mercedes because I was like. I'm I'm excited. I like the Phantom of the Opera. I wanted to go see it, but like Gerard Butler is so annoying. Uh, like he, hearing uh, him sing, you know how he talks on the side of his yeah. mouth sometimes, like singing oh. like that. Like fuck off. It was pretty cheesy. He was the worst part of the movie. But just in general, I'll it's probably just, never it's just watch cheesy. it. Is it Phantom of the Opera though? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's like yeah, direct yeah it is, it is. Okay. Um, so and all the songs are in it and everything as oh, well. Okay. So he's singing like Rah! no, yeah. Ah! Only Paul Stanley can be the Phantom. I'm sorry. Ah! <laughs> and sell folders coffee. And yes. Food. Oh my god. But Fucking amazing. yeah. Um. So. Originally, there actually was a novelization of this movie, and it actually included some deleted scenes. Which is really and cool. And I watched one of the deleted scenes, actually, on YouTube today, but, like, there's one but where they Michael... they wrote it after the movie, right? I read that the movie came out, and it did so well that they wanted, like, a book release on it. Yeah. So they, they probably embellished. Have... Yeah, because there is there they so it, think... it included the deleted scene, yeah, but it also in book, included think... more scenes yeah, yeah. that they just embellished. Like so, like there is a deleted scene where Michael is working as a garbage man to pay for his leather jacket, yeah. and there's also another deleted scene where he like shows up on the motorcycle and like tries to give his mom money. And it also has expanded roles on the opposing gang. Apparently, there was like an opposing gang yeah. of like surf Nazis, surf yeah, Nazis, right, yeah, right, who right. were victims of the vampires, and had some, and it had some more info on vampire lore, like not being able to cross running water and like salt sticking to them. Weird. Not be able to cross running water. That's a new one for me. Yeah, yeah I've know. never heard that before, but uh, yeah. So we're at the part where they're um, racing on their like motorcycles the and like the greatest song ever is playing. I know. This song is so good. I know. The soundtrack. You should probably turn it up. The soundtrack is so good. I know. This Seriously, like the fucking soundtrack for this movie is so amazing. I just, I just love how all their hairs like, like blowing in the wind. Low to the night, last boy. And they're driving so fast and none of them are wearing helmets. And before you know they're vampires, you're like, whoa, these guys are reckless. They're not even wearing helmets. Yeah. yeah. Except uh, Kiefer Sutherland's hair is perfect and it doesn't move. I know. Everybody else is, is like kind of losing. He is perfect. Everybody else is like losing their minds or driving and he's just like calm. He's so cool. Hey, Fuck, he's so thought. cool in this fucking movie. Do you guys remember that movie with Michael J. Fox called Phantom? Michael J. Fox, and there were, like, phantoms, like, ghosts, and he was, like, hunting them, and he was, like, trying to kill them. Oh, you mean the Frighteners? Frighteners! Yeah. Yeah, yeah that that's, um, that's a Peter Jackson movie. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. I actually that's watched it. that recently. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to the night! And oh also, God. that's Lou Graham, the singer of Foreigner. Fuck yeah. There it is. He actually played in London <laughs> Yeah, recently. he was in London, yeah. like, just, like, a blues fest, like, about a month ago, when we were gonna go and, like, yell at him to request Lost in the Shadows. Yeah, he probably didn't play it. I think my mom would. Yeah. Well, I don't assume that he would probably play it for, like, a blues fest. Yeah. But, like, if we were well, drunk enough, like, we could have got him to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you never sure. know, man. My mom went to go see Jethro Tull, and I went with her, and so Jethro Tull. I'm like, woo! 
Fuck on that flute. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> they fucking played eight nothing, nothing but Christmas songs. Ew. So it's like you never know when these old bands come back around. Ew. Ew. That sucks. Ew. Ew. Christmas songs. Christmas songs. Ew. Ew. Christmas songs. That's disgusting. Um, I oh. like their clubhouse, and I wonder how long it took them to decorate it. Oh my yeah, god, I know it's so busy. CDs and starfish yeah, hanging. They've got like starfish and CDs hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, it's That's like an amazing. old fountain and of course the mural of Jim Morrison in the background. Yes. Which I don't know, like what's what's the significance of that? I guess just because the song people are strange. Well, but it's so prominent. It's like, does he represent something else i don't know i never uh i didn't see anything, anything about it but it was research. young and sexy yeah, yeah that's true and and i, I do know. love his concho belt yeah <laughs> you have one of them don't you? I, that's why i have it because oh, i that. i always wanted a jim morrison belt and now i have it Fuck, thanks forever yeah. 21 <laughs> well this is interesting so let's like touch a little on the sequels Oh, oh no. God! Okay, oh, no. so We're getting, let's get that out of the way because I know, it's right? rotten to the core. I know. Okay, so they actually intended for David to survive for a sequel because he was only impaled and he didn't explode or melt like the other vampires. And uh, scripts were actually written for a sequel called The Lost Girls. And uh, Joel attempted to make it in the '90s, but it just never happened. Um, and there is two sequels. Uh, so The Lost Boys: The Tribe came out in 2008, and I rented it. It's a horrible. Of and course. And there's also uh, The Lost Boys, The Thirst, that came out in 2010, and I never saw that. I will one day watch it. Um, they both have Corey Feldman, yeah. and Corey Haim made a cameo in The Tribe. Yep, and, uh, and Jameson Newlander actually was in The Thirst, yeah, returning he was as in Alan the Frog. Yeah. Right, and uh, Kiefer Sutherland's half-brother, Angus Sutherland, plays the lead vampire in The Tribe. Which is kind of neat, actually. And his character's name is Shane Powers. That sounds like a superhero rather than a vampire. Yeah. Lost in Powers is... That's very, like, superhero, right? Like, it doesn't really, like... Like, it's not like Deacon Frost, like, from Blade. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. We just got a lady boner. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking hot. Oh, we just saw the Rob Lowe poster. Oh, yeah, the Rob like pulling his shirt up and stuff like seriously like motherfucking crop tops man i know i like actually there's a picture circulating of him and robert downey jr from like the late 80s really oh my god oh my god yeah are they together and yeah they're like i i'm pretty sure like their their dicks are rubbing oh like let's i mean pull that shit up you can imagine but like and they have like the dangly earrings oh yeah I remember in the 80s, like, when guys used to wear, like, the one dangly oh, earring. Yep. That was, like, a thing. But, yeah, the Rob Lowe poster. Every, like, I always used to think that was really weird that Sam had that poster in his in his room. But uh, I guess, like, because, like, Joel had just directed Rob Lowe and St. Elmo's Fire. It's and sort of, also, like, a, an homage to that. But... I know. And I also thought it was actually kind of funny when I was watching St. Elmo's Fire that Rob Lowe, like... <laughs> slays the saxophone and he's wearing like a tank top with bats on it what yeah okay i've never seen it so i don't know it's okay like i thought it was okay it wasn't like it it, it was no breakfast club or anything like that no. but there is a scene where rob Lowe is like playing with his band at the bar and he's all sweaty and glistening and he's wearing like a yellow tank top with like bats all over it and he's like playing the saxophone and like beats the shit out of some guy for like 
making out with his uh, his wife or whatever. He's like, stay away from my wife. And I was like, God damn, Rob Lowe, why are you so sexy? <laughs> Maybe she shouldn't be cheating on Rob Lowe. Yeah, like, she's a, <laughs> she's yeah, a, no kidding. She's a dummy uh, for cheating idiot. on Rob Lowe. Seriously. You're eating maggots, Michael. I know. This guy's got big old eyeballs. Okay, so that is um, Alex, Alex Winter. Winter. And uh, I was actually just telling Morgan this last night, but Alex Winter is obviously Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent mm-hmm. Adventure. And I, when I was very young, obviously was in love with Keanu Reeves. Like, who wasn't? Yeah. And I always, like, a, like you know, just presumed that, like, Keanu was the hot one and, like, Bill, like, Alex Winter was the ugly one. And when this movie was being played in my youth, like, I used to always, like, think that he was, like, oh, he, why did they cast him in The Lost Boys? Like, he's, like, so unattractive compared to Like, all to the, the other, other ones vampires. are so attractive. I know, they're so all, ugly. like, gorgeous except for him. But recently, like, when we were doing our research and I was actually, like, looking up pictures of Alex Winter from the 80s, he was a babe, babe. in the 80s, babe actually. Like, he didn't age well. I will say that. Well, none of them really have. Let's be honest. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland is, like, just, like, regular, like, an old yeah, guy. Yeah, like, guess. Jason Patrick is, like, he Oh, looks he's... Okay. Jason Patrick is only hot in The yeah. Lost Boys. Like, but, yeah, Alex Winter was actually really fucking hot in the 80s and, like, early 90s. And he is a... More of, like, a director now. Yeah. Than an actor. But they are... They are doing a Bill and Ted 3. Yeah. They just confirmed it. Um, and Keanu Reeves, like, hinted to the plot on Twitter, like, just yesterday. Yeah, so that's actually happening. And he even joked about it and was like, we're going to have, like, it's going to happen. Hopefully it'll happen before I turn 60. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. So that's going to be hilarious. Apparently oh the plot, goodness. what uh, Keanu said was basically they're supposed to write a song to save the world. And then they just haven't done that yet. Uh, and that, so that was what he sort of alluded to with the plot of the movie. So they're like writing a song to save the world, which wild stallions. I, I am actually not like a huge fan of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I like bogus journey more. Yeah. I think bogus journey is hilarious. And it has the, uh, the, the, I forgot his name, the Death guitar of- player of Faith No More is in yeah. it too, and he has mm-hmm. like one line. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's funny. But um, back to Alex Winter, though, we talked about him in our last episode for The Gate, because, yeah, because he, he was, was supposed, supposed to, to direct that. the 3D remake mm-hmm. of The Gate. What the fuck? I know, but it just never happened. But um, uh, very interesting about Bill and Ted, um, him and Keanu Reeves actually auditioned for the opposite roles. Oh, weird. So Alex Winter auditioned for Ted, and Keanu Reeves auditioned for Bill, and then then they, they... they switched them. I know, right? Like, like who I don't fucking know. cares one way or another. Yeah. They're both idiots in the movie. Yeah. So, like, who yeah, cares? Yeah, that's true. They're yeah. very dumb. I know. <laughs> but uh, he's also in a movie that I have seen and I find it very odd is Freaked. Um, he also, like, co-wrote it and co-directed it, and that's a really weird one. Hmm. Um, he was also, his first movie that he ever did was Death with Death Wish 3, which is pretty badass. Death Charles, Wish! Oh my with god! With Charles Bronson, oh which is pretty fucking cool. He's in a Red Hot Chili Peppers video. Um, he directed a Red Hot Chili Peppers video. Yeah, he like directed a like a lot one. of music videos. I know. He's a, cool. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty prominent director. Um, he also wrote and is directing the documentary on Frank Zappa. Yeah. And oh, cool. apparently the Kickstarter was the highest funded documentary in crowdfunding history. So who knows how much money he made for that? And apparently Frank Zappa's um, like family and his estate are like 100 percent behind yeah, him. Yeah, like so they they're going to give him, like, him access rights. to everything. Yeah, yeah. That's- 
fucking wonderful. So he that's going to be huge. When he was a kid, he was in a musical with Vincent Price. Oh, that's so Which awesome. is pretty Man, fucking impressive. Cool he life. was only 10. He was 10 years old and he was in a musical with Vincent Price. Um, and yeah, he was just a babe in the 80s. Like I always just like my gears shifted. I used to think that he was like super unattractive because when uh. I was like younger watching Bill and Ted, like Keanu Reeves is gorgeous. Like when you put them side by side. Right. But when I was like looking up pictures of Alex Winter, like from the 80s and like when he's playing Marco, like I was like, dang. He's better. He's still better looking than the other one. The other blonde guy, which is his name Paul in this? Yes. Yeah. He's better looking than the other blonde guy. Well, I think. Brooke, Brooke MacArthur is the guy that plays Paul. Yeah. And he passed away oh. in 2015. Yeah. Of a, um, of a rare uh, genetic like liver disease, apparently, mm. which is really sad. But apparently, like, his, you know, he was, like, trying to bring awareness to it, and his death actually did bring more awareness to it. It's some sort of genetic issue. Yeah, I did read about that. And um, he also is in a movie that I have never seen, but I've actually heard of it, Thrashin'. Mm. It's a skateboarding, like, 80s movie. Amazing. And it's just about these two skateboarding gangs that are, like, rivals, and then, like, the one main gang leader is in love with the other gang leader's sister, and it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> this, like, skateboarding war. Like, it's just absurd. It's, but, like, breaking, but for... I, but for skateboarding. But for skateboarding, yeah. Yeah, so he, um won a modeling contest and he got signed to an agency in New York and he studied acting and then he moved to LA and then got the role in Thrashin and then he became a composer for scores and he was also a drummer as well that's cool yeah but it is unfortunate that he passed away from like the genetic yeah liver issue there's a couple models in this movie though the other dude the um they're the brown haired guy. I know. Beautiful. Yeah, Billy Worth. Yes. Um, who plays Dwayne, um, which is actually funny that his character's name is Dwayne because it's never mentioned th- throughout the entire movie. I was going to yeah. say Dwayne. Why I know. Why did they even name him? Mm. Yeah, he he's like not mentioned in like the, like, yeah, he's never mentioned. Uh, my favorite thing that I was like when I was doing my trivia on Billy Worth, uh, my favorite thing about him is that he's in my number one favorite Tales from the Crypt episode, Split Second. He's in the episode Ooh. where they hollow out trees and stick people in them. Yeah, and like sweet. fucking like use a chainsaw and like chop them into oh, pieces. Oh, that's so You know what's wicked. super funny? The grandpa in this movie is in my favorite Tales from the Dark Side episode. Oh, yeah, he's in the pilot. Yeah, that's, that's the pilot. That's my favorite episode. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, Billy Worth is also in uh, Body Snatchers. I've never seen Body Snatchers. Oh my God, that's such a good movie. I've never seen it, but the cover is so nostalgic. Oh, the, like the, the veiny. Yeah, the veiny like the purpley, like pink. Of, like the body. I've never seen it. I'll have to watch it for sure. Cool. But actually, you know what? Another amazing thing about Billy Worth is that he was a contestant on American Gladiators. <laughs> American Gladiators. Do you so seriously good. know the song? I know. It's my superpower. She knows every song from every TV show. Trust me. We're gonna, we'll get to that even. The, I, have, I have one that I pulled out of my fucking ass the other day when I was doing fucking research. Nice. It's about Corey Haynes. I'm dying to know. <laughs> I can't contain my excitement. I love this broad too. I love her so. Diane. Every movie oh, she's won like fucking so many uh, fucking Oscars. It's absurd. She's Diane. So sweet. And Diane. Done white. Weist or weist. It's yeah. weist actually. Yeah. And uh, I like to call her up. Janet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call her Jan- uh, Janet. Uh, Diane Weist infection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually stole that joke from Brooke- from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ouch. <laughs> but obviously the. Most prominent 
portrayal that she has ever done in my eyes is Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. The uh, Avon lady. Yeah, um, for me it's the birdcage because the birdcage is oh, my you know favorite what? comedy. Okay, so I and she was in Footloose too. Yeah. That's pretty I, 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 Oh yeah, I agree. Fuck, yeah, okay. I agree. Well, it's okay, good. here's the thing. I've actually never seen the birdcage but I've heard amazing things about it. So I the will original, have to watch since it. you speak French, the original Le Cajot Fall, it's a French movie. Okay, um, I didn't know that. Way funnier. Oh, okay. And you understand French so you'll yeah. be able to watch it and get the jokes. But obviously, Robin Williams is hilarious. I've heard it such good such things about good the Birdcage. I will watch it. But but Footloose, I found it kind of interesting that she was only nine years older than the actress that's that played her daughter. Yeah, in that movie, shameful. It's, like it that. is. It is because she's actually she. Yeah, she wasn't that old even in this. No. Um, and what's wrong with dancing? Come on, dancing. Dancing, it leads like, to sex. Fucking, they're still in the eighties. Like it's not the fucking forties or fifties. Leads like, to Satan. I know. Thanks a lot, John Lithgow. Yeah, it's fucked up. Well, she's also uh, Diane Weist is also in one of my favorite Steve Martin movies, um, The Parenthood. Have you ever seen Parenthood? Yes, I remember that. Keanu Reeves is in that too, actually. Um, I love Steve Martin; he's hilarious. Uh, She's also I'm a huge Charlie um, Charlie Kaufman uh, fan, and she's in a movie called Synecdoche, New York. Yep, Um, I've seen that. That's a fucked up Mm -hmm. movie. I like all of his movies, and uh, she's also in uh, a few episodes of Law and Order. She won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for Hannah and Her Sisters uh, in 1986 and Bullets Over Broadway in 1994, which were both Woody Allen uh, movies. And she also did get a Oscar nomination for her role in Parenthood, too. I love that movie. I think it's hilarious. She just like, just like Oscars. Out I the think Martha Plimpton is in it, too. Genius. Like the girl from the Goonies as well but yeah I used to I grew up watching Parenthood I, th- I always used to think it was pretty funny so apparently um, this movie uh, originally didn't end on a joke because at the very end of the movie like you know how the grandpa like op- like opens the, the fridge and he's like there's one thing about Santa Carla blah 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 all um, the name grandpa yeah so apparently it was after that it was supposed to cut to a scene <laughs> with the surviving lost boys regrouping to lead into the sequel um, the Lost Girls. Yeah, and uh, there was a comic book, uh, Reign of Frogs, um, that uh, David actually shows up in. Uh, so he is, uh, his character like survived at the end of this movie and he shows up in Reign of Frogs, um, which was a sequel to The Lost Boys and mm-hmm. prequel to The Tribe. Yeah. Which was the first right. sequel. Yeah. And um, they explained that like the antlers, the antlers, like, they missed, missed his, heart. his heart so yeah. that they could, they could say, well then he, well, cause I mean, it's obvious like the other guys are like exploding or like, yeah. you know, like sizzling up and shit and he just kind of just gets impaled and he doesn't yeah so like they were like intending they did that on purpose because they were they were going to do a sequel um but uh vertigo comics um they do uh sandman uh released a new comic actually last year which involves michael sam and the frog brothers um they protect star from her sisters the blood bells so that's interesting so another vampire gang yeah Fucking the name Star. Fuck off. I know, right? I always actually really enjoyed that he comments when he meets her, like when he says, yeah. like, oh, your parents too. And she's like, what do you mean? It's like, who fucking names their kid Star? Yeah. And he's like, Destiny. I know. But it's actually kind of funny because Edward Herman, who plays Max, his second wife's name was Star. Oh. 
Interesting. Yeah. I thought that, that was actually strange. kind of interesting. Now, is it Star with one R or with two? Uh, they're both with one R. Oh. Yeah. I always thought it was with two R's. Yeah, that's why reason. I kind of, I yeah, mentioned it. Yeah, but it's not. Well, if we're talking about books, did you guys see about the, um, the story of the Lost Boys book that's coming out? No. Okay. Um... So yeah, like on the topic of books, apparently this year, um, there was a, I guess, uh, story of the Lost Boys book that came out, uh, August 2017, written by Paul Davis. It's called Lost in the Shadows, the story of the Lost Boys. Um, and it's apparently like four, over 400 behind the scenes photos, uh, as well as interviews with over 40 of the original cast and crew, including archive material from Corey Haim. And Brooke McCarter and Edward Herman and Jeffrey Bohm, who I assume are all deceased. Um, the upcoming book uh, shows Lost, Lost in the Shadows, blah, 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 promises to provide the ultimate insider look at making uh, and the enduring legacy of the 1987 classic. Um, and I believe Paul Davis is from the UK, so it's a British hardcover. Um, and it, it did come out in August of this year, so... Uh, I'm not sure if you can get it on Amazon or whatever. I actually saw that news on, I think, Bloody Disgusting. Mm-hmm. And the cover looked really cool. It was just like a, a really wicked drawing of um, of all the characters. Uh, so that looks really cool if you're like super into it. Like 400 behind the scenes photos and interviews and stuff. That's cool. Could be neat. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know what else I thought was actually kind of interesting about the sequels, like The Thirst or whatever, and like The Tribe? Corey Feldman also was a producer on The Thirst. Yeah. <laughs> Executive producer, no yeah. less. Well, but good, actually, good and Corey Haim was actually supposed to be a part of The Thirst, but it came out the same year that he died. Right. Which is very unfortunate. Yeah, that is really sad. Yeah. But, um... Well, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Kiefer. All right, yes. Mr. Sutherland. He's got some interesting uh, facts about him. A lot of interesting. Um, facts. I don't know if you guys like read his Wikipedia page, but yep. his full name is like is, ten names it's long. Insane. Okay, his full name is Kiefer William Frederick Dempsey George Rufus Sutherland. Oh, fuck off. I don't, I don't have a middle name, and I'm happy. Well, I have a middle name, and it's three fucking letters. I don't need 15 names. I mean, yeah, what like, do you do when you're writing out your full name to, like, apply for your passport or some fuck, shit? They don't know, provide enough space insane. for that. Like, like, what's the point? I have three middle names, and I'm even like, are you like fucking like, seven names. Like, that's fucking it crazy. It doesn't even spell like an... Are it's not even an acronym or anything. I know. Are they, like, honoring every single male in their family? I guess Probably. so. Well, he was named after a director. He was named after uh, Warren. Kiefer, who was uh, who directed Donald Sutherland's first movie. I love Donald Sutherland. Yeah, he's awesome. Fuck. I and, know. Um, I I got have... some stories about Donald Sutherland. Yeah, I do. I, uh, Personal stories. I said so yes. I actually. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend Steph, who's a voice actress. Apparently, uh, Donald Sutherland is very hard to work f- mm-hmm. work with. He's very tumultuous and is like very bossy. And she got offered. Uh, like a gig to like be his manager while he was like filming in Toronto and she was like no I'm not doing it like it's like because you she would have to like basically like do his schedules like get him what he needs and like he's a definitely yeah apparently he's really hard to work with the other story the story that I I have is similar to that Um, I know someone who has a studio in Toronto and does a lot of like advertisements voiceovers that sort of thing and Donald Sutherland was in to do a voiceover uh, for something and 
he was like swearing and like would stop and be like fuck and like just being crazy and apparently they obviously like cut his his advertisement and it went off but all of the swearing they actually like stuck it together in a song and made a song out of it and I heard it and it was pretty funny <laughs> that's amazing yeah. I really want to hear that yeah um and also my personal Donald Donald Sutherland story is that one time I was at the border uh I think in Vermont and it was like four o'clock in the morning and the only people in the fucking room were Donald Sutherland and his wife and the band <laughs> And we were waiting in the room for, to be like processed because it's a small border. It was really weird. What are the odds? I know, right? And it was just him there and I was like really drunk and I was like, I heard my Donald Sutherland was an asshole. (laughs) And Tara's like, shut up. But anyways, it was just, we were just sitting there. It was really weird. He was right there. Just put together. Hmm. Light bulb. This movie has his son and Buffy the Vampire I know. Slayer has him. I know. Yeah. Ooh. I know. You guys totally thought about that before. Oh, you know yeah. What? Yeah, no, Donald Sutherland it's is all slowly uh, coming together. Right? plays okay. the watcher in the Buffy movie. Very uh, Which I have seen a million times. I can, like, recite that whole like fucking a, movie. I know. Ah. Uh, Paul Rubens. Yeah. <laughs> I love that fucking movie so much. Um, but, yeah, so back to Kiefer. Um, right, right. I've actually... Have never seen Twenty Four. Me neither. And I've heard I've never. such good things about yeah. it. Yeah. I've just never fucking seen it. And uh, what's his name? Jack. Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard amazing things about it. I just never got around to watching it. And I think like it's like the only TV show that he's ever done, right? Yeah. Because he's only ever done movies. And it literally has been was on for ten years, and then That's they brought crazy. it back a few years ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was two thousand one to two thousand ten. Yeah. That's crazy. I've never seen it. I'll have to get to it though because like my brother, I trust his judgment and he used to always tell me like, dude, you have to watch 24. Like it's so intense. I watched an interview with Kiefer Sutherland on uh, Talk Year and uh, they were saying that like 24 was the start of um, feature film actors coming into TV. Right. Now now, now those big TV shows, you know, 24, Homeland, all these like, Mm -hmm. they all have big stars in them now. It's because it pays more, man. I mean, Matthew McConaughey was on, he was in True Detectives. Yeah. So like, they're all doing TV. It's because he opened the door for it. Then you're like, you're set financially. And Kiefer Sutherland started that. And he was like, he was like, I know, I knew going in that it was a risk. He's like, but I, he's a smart man, right? So he was watching, like you watch like algorithms. He was watching that with the way that the TV, like TV was That's going. That's so cool. And he's like with like um, coming out with like the internet and stuff. I was I was noticing that a lot more people were just watching like binging, binge watching because you yeah. know, Netflix well, and was a thing, right? So you could binge. That show is so very like, easy to binge because, That's what I hear. because yeah. it like follows time precisely. Well, of course, every, right? every episode's an hour. And like real it's time. exactly yeah, a real time. Yeah, yeah. Real yeah. Time. it's interesting that you mentioned that too because eventually after 24 became a hit, he became the highest paid television actor of all time. I think That's crazy. for three seasons, he the, his salary was like $40 million. Wow. Like it was absurd. So he was the one that opened those doors and yeah. then also like got paid for it yeah which is awesome well he was also um in he's also in the flatliners remake so yeah he's heard, in like a quick the original and yeah. he's also in the remake um and he is gorgeous and stand by me gorgeous. he is so even in yeah, like in lost boys like when i was a kid i had the biggest fucking crush on kiefer sutherland from the lost boys and stand by me and actually like it was his 
like it was his portrayal in Stand By Me that made Joel like want to hire him Um, and actually a fun fact about when he was shooting Stand By Me he stayed in character off camera and he like picked on all the kids like when you play a badass you have to Mm. he's so hot we like want to take our pants off yes definitely he is adorable (laughs) in Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me Uh, he's only in the very beginning of the movie but he's so cute uh, with the Chris Isaac. He's Chris Isaac's uh, partner mm. in the beginning of Firewalk with me. He's so cute. I've never seen Young Guns. I have. I've Lou, never Lou, seen Lou it. Diamond Phillips. I have. I have. I have. <laughs> and I've, I've, seen the, seen I've seen the sequel too. Is he? And he's in the sequel too, isn't he? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's like Emilio Estevez who was like, yeah, like 90s boyfriend. Where's that and guy like, at? I know. He's also in St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. yeah. His character in St. Elmo's Fire is absurd, by the way. He's uh, like a psycho. I was going to say, but it's very similar to, um, like, I feel like he plays that character a lot. I can't fucking think right now. Like, psycho stalking guy. Like, he, he always plays, like, like, he's got, like, this look on his face. Like, this transparent, like, I don't know what's happening. Like, this, like, Ugh. Like Jason Patrick in this movie. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. So we're in the his, sex His scene mouth right is now, open. Actually. Okay, the thing that bothers me about him, like, yeah, he's, like, attractive. He's really pretty or whatever. But his mouth is open, like, 85% of the time in this movie. And he just looks stupid. He's, like, like... <laughs> the whole time worse than Corey Haim because I know that's Corey I know yeah because that was like Corey Haim's like signature look and it yeah. always bothered the shit out of me yeah. no his mouth is open too much like, like transcendent yeah. sex I yeah. know so we're at the sex scene right now and they're soaring the to the air Cry Little Sister is playing such a fucking good song, oh, this by song? the way. Like, holy fucking Ugh. shit. It makes me want to punch babies. I know. Like, it's so good. Fuck. And uh, it's um written by a couple guys, Gerard McMahon and Michael Manieri. And get this, it's been covered and sampled 24 times. Oh, dang. And none of them fucking, like, beat the original. Like, the original is, like always going to be the best fucking version. I've heard so many goth, like, industrial bands cover the mm-hmm. song and it's like, fuck you. Like, yeah. you, like seriously, you can't even. But, uh, so, so I want to go back to Kiefer Sutherland here. Uh, I... I had the biggest crush on Kiefer Sutherland when I was a kid because of The Lost Boys and Stand By Me that I even also found him attractive in Eye for an Eye when he played a rapist. Oh my, oh my fucking with uh, Sally Field. Yeah, I seriously was like even all about him in that movie. I was like, mm, yes. I'm going to like direct our attention back to the fact that I said we all have like super fucking bad issues. <laughs> <laughs> I like me a man who's got some Dude, I was like all about him when I was a kid, and I was like, yeah, even an eye for an eye. I like, I went and saw it in theaters, and I was like, he's still hot, even as a raper. And, even um, as a raper. I also saw Dark City in theaters, and I love. Oh, Dark City. Love that movie. Uh, he plays this like weird scientist with like a fucking weird eye, yeah. and he's still hot in that movie. And also, um, mirrors. Remember Mirrors? So good. Alexander Aja or whatever? That the guy who directed High movie. Tension? Oh, I didn't know uh, that. I don't think The gore in that movie is really it's fucking good. Movie. I never saw the sequel, but Mir- a, the first one. Yeah, they did make a sequel. I don't think Kiefer Sutherland is in it, but the but the first one was actually pretty good. Like, wasn't there a scene where a girl, like, gets impaled by the glass? Like, yeah. The, the shower door? It, like, comes crashing Yeah, down. like, that Ooh, part was damn. fucking awesome. But yeah, so Kiefer also, also directed three movies. Um... Okay, but get this, though. One of the movies that he directed, mm-hmm. a movie called Woman Wanted, is 
uh, he uses that fucking pseudonym, Alan Smithy. Because remember when we were talking when about we did how the Hellraiser three episode, and we were talking about Hellraiser four, and how I was like, it, when directors want to like denounce like a, a movie, yeah. they use that yeah. fake name, Alan Smithy. And so Kiefer Sutherland was like apparently so ashamed of this movie, Woman Wanted, that he used that pseudonym, like Alan Smithy. So huh. okay, so here's my question: It's like if you direct a movie and then you see it and it's like so terrible that you don't want it to really be released you don't, don't it. release it why would you he's got to try and make I'm some money back some deal, though. like if you have a deal like, you know what? You have to, like yeah. you have to release it well like, so i guess he's just not a good director because the whatchamacallit the 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 distribution company mm. right is probably like you've got to make some money on this fucking i guess yeah. at some at some point it's not his project anymore yeah. it's like mm. it's like the music industry or whatever i get yeah. it like somebody else buys it and then but they've given you. you the money yeah. and whatever well he was inducted into the hollywood and canada walk of fame yes because he is canadian yes we he should is. we should he uh, was born in england but he grew up in toronto um and the Actually, I think the coolest thing about Kiefer and Donald, like in the Sutherland family, is like Kiefer. Kiefer's grandfather is Tommy Douglas, the yeah. man who created fucking healthcare in this country. Yeah, he was oh the premier God. and the first NDP, right? Yeah, he was like, the he was the first leader of the NDP. Yeah, and he, actually he was the created the party. Saskatchewan, and he invented the healthcare system for Canada. Which is pretty fucking crazy. So he was actually well. so That's Tommy Douglas rad. was was Donald's wife's father. I'm thankful on this day oh, of fuck thanks yeah, man. for that. that. I know. Yes. I know. All you cool Americans should just like fucking jump ship and come thanks up here and yeah. get some free healthcare. Yeah. He also has a twin sister. Which is um, weird because they look like, identical. Me. Like they look exactly the same. It's weird. Um, but yeah, so he was born in England, but he like grew up in Toronto, and he also uh, he attended many sc- high schools and colleges. One in London, where which we is live, cool, and one in, in Etobicoke, one in Aurora, and then he moved to Hollywood to further his acting career. And at that time, lived in an apartment with Robert Downey Jr., which is like. A dream come true. I know. Oh, like sexy, um, sexy this, the high schools right. that he went to were Regina Mundy Catholic School and oh, also uh, Banting. He went. To yeah, he went well. to Banting, Banting in London. Sweet fucker. Yeah, sure. but he also. This is actually kind of interesting. Uh, he auditioned for the role of Glenn in Nightmare on Elm Street. <gasps> And then it went to Johnny Depp. He didn't Depp. get it, obviously. It would have been yeah. bad. That would have um, been, been bad. Yeah. Hey, nope. So he was also considered for the role of Robin in the Tim Burton Batman. But then, oh, but then Robin, yeah. the character of Robin, was deleted from the script anyways. Um, Thank God, because that movie's flawless. Yeah, and then get this: Jim Carrey was considered for the role of David in Isn't The Lost that Boys, weird? which is funny because Once he bitten. did Once Bitten, yeah. and there is a poster of Once Bitten in Max's store in mm. The Lost Boys. I'm I'm trying to. I think I, that fucks me up because I'm picturing Jim Carrey now. I'm forgetting that this movie was like late mid '80s when right? he was like so, in Living Color and so, like silly yeah, and stuff like that. It was that. even before in Living Color. Like yeah. Once Bitten was like 1985. I've never seen Once Bitten because like, I have. It's probably no Vampire's Kiss, though, right? With Nicholas no, Cage. no, no, nothing comes close to that. <laughs> That's know. a masterpiece. That's a masterpiece. Let's be honest. Right there. A B C D. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. But yeah, so um, also another very interesting thing about Kiefer Sutherland is he was actually engaged to Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. So they met while filming Flatliners. Yeah. But get this, uh, she 
broke it off three days before the wedding because she said he was having an affair with a go-go dancer but he denied ever cheating on her and said that he was only playing pool with her and on the day that the wedding was supposed to happen she fucking took off to ireland with jason patrick michael like from the Lost Boys, yeah. And then they she started was dating. a cheater. Yeah. And then they started dating, and then so that caused this weird like animosity between like Duh. Kiefer Sutherland and of Jason Patrick. Course. They've made up like at this point they're friends, but like yeah, I thought that was actually I that's had no super, idea. That's super. Shady. I like three days before the wedding was supposed to happen, and they broke up, and then she like the day that she the wedding was supposed off. to happen, she fucked off with Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Although Michael's like got that pretty boy thing going not no more yeah not no more but yeah he's also um the co-owner of his own label like record label yeah he's a musician works yeah um so lifehouse and ron sexsmith are on the label that's cool and he released his own solo album um last year and he played around here and we were gonna go yeah we didn't go yeah he played last year in stratford he plays guitar and sings yeah yeah um and he played at a um the masonic hall and i think he also has played at like a little italian restaurant in stratford as well and i know because like stratford obviously has like the um festival there like stratford festival is like a big theatrical festival and whatnot so lots of celebrities always come in town for like the productions because they're really awesome um but yeah it was like i think last july that he played um yeah i remember like seeing the facebook event yeah and i wanted to yeah we wanted to go but we didn't end up going i bet you he'll be back though yeah for sure definitely he does like he hangs out in toronto and like stratford all the time yeah i know people who have partied with him before and apparently he's a maniac yeah. Like, Kiefer Sutherland puts them back and gets fucking wild. Um, well, Jason Patrick, um, <laughs> speed uh, to oh my god! control. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that movie is so bad. Oh, um, fuck. there hasn't really been What about a the lot... novelization of Speed 2? You Cruise have control. it. We found it at Value Village. Oh my Village. god, I know. It's fucking there pissing gold. Yeah, there's not a lot that Jason Patrick has, like, done, I guess, like, since... The Lost Boys. Like, he's still an actor. Like, he was in Sleepers. Sleepers was a huge yeah. hit yeah. with Kevin Bacon. And, um, yeah, like, I'm just, like, I don't know. He's not, like, an A-list actor or anything. But he was in that, that show, Wayward Pines. Yeah. Okay. I never saw yeah, it. Never but saw I know it. that the Duffer Brothers wrote four episodes. And they're the guys that, like, invented Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer Lynch and um, M. Night Shyamalan, like, directed a couple episodes. But I've never seen Sweet. it. I've never, mm-hmm. like, actually, like heard anything yeah, I don't know. about it but uh interesting thing about uh jason patrick his grandfather is jackie gleason yeah i know is that crazy that's crazy and his dad is jason miller who is father carass in the exorcist yep i had no Holy idea fuck. yeah i know man. and his mom is linda miller and she was in alice sweet alice and one of the freddy's nightmares episodes and his half-brother is joshua john miller who's that annoying who kid from near dark because we talked about that yeah Talk in the near dark episode i know it is very strange yeah. yeah i do know that he turned down the role um in the firm that ended up going to tom cruise oh, and then God. he also <laughs> i thought this was kind of funny he turned down the role of jesus in, uh, in passion of the christ really yeah well i don't know like i think what's his name jim caviezel did a, did a really good nom- job that I was, was just gonna say passion of the christ is one of 
as far as like realistic movies, it it's disturbing. So it's fucking disturbing. I just, wanted, disturbing. Like, I just want to know what he was like thinking in his head. Like you get an offer to play Jesus, and you say no, and you say no. You're like fuck Jesus, fuck this shit. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe he loves Satan or whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know, like. Like, let, look at him. Like, He's way, way too pretty to be like. Jesus was an Arabic man. Let's be honest. At least, at least Jim Caviezel has like brown skin. Yeah. Oh yeah, see that that is true, and I, I that's strange because Mel Gibson did such a great job at making that movie as authentic. I mean, it was all in um, Arabic, mm-hmm. like the whole movie. Like it was such an authentic fucking movie. Yeah. So like to even cast, to even think of casting someone who doesn't fit that role. Seems kind of a strange call, but yeah, um, he he hasn't really done done much. Um, apparently, he was in a movie called Solar Babies with <laughs> yeah. Jamie Gertz, yeah. Um, which apparently he actually had uh, recommended her for the role of Star. Apparently, yeah. they originally were going to cast like a blonde, a blonde girl. girl yeah, yeah, and he was like, "No, I just worked with Jamie Gertz. She's really awesome. Whatever." And also, Adrian Pazdar was in that movie. Oh, from so, Near Dark. Yeah, another Near Dark connection there. That's another. Uh, actor that is only hot in in one movie in that movie like he's not attra- i don't find him attractive now but he's like so hot and near mm, dark like mm. they're just like jason patrick and the lost boys like he's gorgeous in this movie but in like reality he's not attractive to me personally. no but um uh jamie gertz obviously i the uh, most other like movie that like besides like the Lost Boys that like I recognize her from is Twister. Yeah, of course, Obviously. of course. Oh, wait. She plays Twister. the annoying the oh, Bill Paxton's annoying wife. Yeah, and uh, she's also in Sixteen Candles yep. and um, Less Than Zero with uh, Robert Downey Jr. that I've actually never seen and I've always wanted to to watch it, but I just never. I've got heard it's to really it. good actually. It's just about like he's like a. Uh, trying to like get sober and like they're he's like addicted addicted to drugs how but, apropos mm-hmm. yes uh but also jamie gertz is in the seinfeld episode the stall i was just gonna yeah i, <laughs> I don't have a square to spare i'm sorry I there just isn't enough to spare <laughs> i feel like every fucking episode that we've put out has been like one oh, person is in a seinfeld episode yeah. i know it's because seinfeld it's has everything ever. yeah it's yeah. the greatest show ever yeah but a really interesting um tidbit about Jamie Gertz. Uh, it's actually pretty crazy. She's one of the wealthiest women in America. Get this. Her and her husband are part of an investment group that's worth $1.5 billion. And they bought a baseball team. She co-owns the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers. That's the I don't team know you're going to buy. Sports. That's the fucking right. team. I don't know anything about sports, but Milwaukee. I was like, uh, that's crazy that I believe she it's pronounced Milliwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> We're not worthy. Um, but she donates to really a lot of charity. I was just, so. you know what, Yaz? I was just going to say, I fucking hope that if she's that Yeah, healthy, she does. Actually, yeah. her and her husband were like, in one year, like the, uh, a, the couple in, in Hollywood that donated the most. But um, she was also considered for the role of Rachel on Friends. Should have been good too. Yeah, but she Should've turned it good. down. She probably didn't think it was gonna do well because that show sucks. <laughs> oh my god, those people are living oh, off their fucking friends' money. Yeah, I know. they got that friends' money. That that syndication shit 
Yeah. yeah. Like, because what else has, like, Jennifer Aniston or any of those fucking guys done? Yeah. Well, Courtney, David Schwimmer. Oh, David Schwimmer does but the he's voice actually, of Madagascar. That, I mean, he does, does the he? Voice oh. Of, the, of, like, the paranoid giraffe. Like, oh, I'm so scared of everything. I'm David Schwimmer. <laughs> I think okay. he's he's more of a director he looks like a now, giraffe. though, isn't he? Everyone's he directs. Fucking, everyone who stops acting directs. What do they direct, though? Do you know I what I mean? Know. Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, um, this was the first movie that the Corys did together. They met while making this movie. They have done seven movies together. I never watched the two Corys TV show, like the reality I show. I saw some of it. I'll eventually get to it, but, um, I... When I grew up, when I was a kid in the 80s, I was obsessed with Corey Feldman. Like, <laughs> in love with him. And But my, my I remember, like, in high school, like, my friend Dana mm-hmm. was, she was in love with Corey Haim. Oh. And, like, I was always a Feldman girl, personally. Mm-hmm. I never saw, like, what people saw in Corey Haim. Like, because the, the his mouth, mouth. his mouth is open. His mouth is always open. And it just, it made him look very daft. And I just, like, was very unattracted to that. Whereas, yeah. like, Corey Feldman, I like sharp features. Yeah. Like, Crispin Glover, like, could right. cut glass Chiseled. with his fucking yeah. face. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like but, um, we're going to get a little sad right now. Let's talk about Corey Haim. Um. All right, let me pull out my huge line. I know. List. What a... It's a very, very sad story. Uh, so Corey Haim um, died in 2010. Uh, they ruled it as pneumonia. He was only 38 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna like just bring up some of his like most notable movies. Um, Silver Bullet, with fantastic, love it, love that movie. Uh, License to Drive, not a great movie. No. I watched it like maybe a year ago, and I was doing something else, and I just like wasn't into it. Like Heather Graham mm-hmm. is just like drunk and passed out during like most She's of the, the movie. I know it's not great. It's like, and it's more, it's more Corey Haim as opposed to Corey Feldman. And because I was like more of a fan of Corey Feldman, like I was just like not really that into it. He's not in it a lot. Um, but uh, Watchers is another one that I, seen, I, I don't know that I've have seen never it. seen. But it's like on my radar, and like it's got a red cover, and it has like his face, and he adopts a dog, and then he finds out that the dog was actually like an escapee from like a science like lab. Mm. You know what? I like, think smarter. I might have seen it. That it just sounds so. Familiar. I've never seen it, and I know that there's a sequel, but I've just I. Uh, it's one of those movies that I have just always wanted to watch. Um, another one that I used to watch when I was a kid was uh, Dream a Little Dream. Did you guys ever watch that movie? And, like, that's the one that Corey Feldman does that weird, like, Michael Jackson-like sequence in, like, the the gym of the high school. Where it all started. Oh, my God. It's uh, it's very 80s. And he's... Actually, both the Corys are in the music video uh, for the movie. It's called Rock On by a man called Michael Damien. That's cool. And uh, there was also a sequel to Dream a Little Dream, but I never watched it. I think it was later on, and it was one of, like, Corey Haim's, like, making... Like, direct-to-DVD kind of things yeah um but yeah like i mean he's he's been before he became the like teen heartthrob he was in like a few movies that actually got like 
some attention. Like, have any of you guys seen the movie Lucas? No, but I uh, that was like the first like big movie. That yeah, like in. Charlie Sheen was in it and Winona Ryder. Yeah, um, that was like his I guess breakout role. Yeah, and then also he was in uh, his first feature film was called First Born with Sarah Jessica, Sarah Jessica so, Parker yeah, yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. and Peter Weller. Yeah, I know. And actually, uh, a very, sexy lineup that is. Yeah, a very interesting thing about when he was uh, filming that movie. Uh, firstborn, Peter Weller, fucking, he went up, like, Corey Haim went up to Peter Weller, Robocop, and, like, he went up to him to compliment him after a scene, and Peter Weller threw him up against a wall and yelled at him and told him to never approach him after a take. And it took three assistants to separate them. I can't know. Yeah, so then he, like, later apologized and just said that he was just, like, staying in character. But Corey Haim was, like, a kid, and he was, like, terrified. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? The movie full-blown Robocop on him. The The movie apparently is about... An abusive yeah, so he was boyfriend. just staying in the so, abusive. Yeah, Peter like, Weller was like the abusive but that's husband. Like, I don't care. A, this is a, a child. It's a child. Yeah. I don't that's care. true. Yeah, I don't movie. care. I know. And then uh, another one that I always remember Corey Heyman was uh, just one of the girls when he actually dresses up like a yes, girl. Yes, that one. I remember that, that movie. Yeah. I feel was made because of Ladybugs. Remember Ladybugs with Jonathan Brandis? Yes. Um, with Jonathan Brandis and Rodney Dangerfield, and he dresses like a girl to join the girls' soccer, the soccer team. team. So, and he's the best player. I was obsessed with Jonathan Brandis when I was a kid, so I've seen that. And I think Vanessa Shaw is the girl in that movie, mm, the girl from remember. Hocus Pocus. Um, he's also in Wishmaster 2, but he's like uncredited. Interesting. I don't know. The I've, second I've, one is not. I can't say it's that not I've great. Seen it. Yeah, but he is—he's born in Toronto. He's he yeah, he's Canadian. Canadian. Um, his—he uh, was buried like in Vaughan. It's yeah. like right by Canada's Wonderland. Like we—we we were talking the other day about like going to visit his uh, his grave. But um, yeah, so initially his dad was his manager, and then um, his dad turned down a role in the Mosquito Coast on his behalf and then the role ended up going to river phoenix and it would have been like a huge fucking like um role for Corey. and so after that he fired his dad and because a producer like approached Corey Haim and was like dude you're really talented and you should have been in that movie yeah. and he advised him that he should get an agent in la so he did and um he actually read for the River Phoenix's like role in Stand By Me, um, but obviously he didn't get the part. And uh, but he got the part the same day that he was offered the part in uh, Lucas, that that other movie. Mm-hmm. And then he went for Lucas instead. But um, yeah, so like I said before, um, him and Corey Feldman, they did seven movies together, and The Lost Boys was the first they met. And, um, like, during the filming of this movie. And they both auditioned for the role of Mouth in the Goonies. Which is kind of And then, obviously, like, Feldman got it. And, actually, before they started shooting The Lost Boys, uh, Corey Haim was, like, fuck that guy. He got that part. And, like, I did it. But then they, when they started hanging out, they realized how much they had in common. And they became, like, really, really good friends. Yeah, they were, I guess, because they were um, on this film set they were like the younger of all of the the people so they actually like apparently while everybody else was like you know partying after their like the night or whatever they would just like go back to the hotel room and watch movies and go to the arcade and like that's how ironic yeah yeah that's how they bonded right like pretty much exactly 
They bonded character. by not partying. Yeah. And then they both turned out to be the biggest oh, fucking partiers yeah. on the it's planet. It's so sad. They were, they were the highest paid teen stars of the 80s. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, so he initially, I know River Phoenix like introduced him to weed when he was like really, really young, but he was uh, addicted to coke and then it led to a crack addiction and he was only 16 yeah. at that point. Um, and then he decided to quit cold turkey for a month and then he appeared at a teen anti-drug benefit campaign and over like a thousand girls like rushed the stage mm-hmm. and it caused him to be like escorted away by fire mar- marshals um which resulted in him being like too afraid to be on stage like ever again and then after that he made a documentary that was like in the life of Corey, and people speculated that he was high during the videos because it was heavily scripted and then he created his own hotline after that that was like a pre-recorded drug advice line for teens pre-recorded. and then that's good that's, and then that's... he later admit that he was actually high while he was giving he advice. admitted it on arsenio hall apparently yeah he was on he was like high when he was actually giving like teens anti-drug advice yeah one i just thing... want to like quickly say like this isn't a fact i just want to say like i know yasmina mentioned like uh, River introduced him to weed first. Weed does not lead to coke all the time. For all those people who don't smoke weed oh, out there, who are like, people say oh, weed is weed's a gateway, gateway drug. drug. I not. just want to just say for all us weedieers, what do you call us? Weed eaters, I like weed-eaters. that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, just because you do weed doesn't mean you do coke. Doesn't mean you do crack. Just because you do coke doesn't mean you do crack. And just because you do crack doesn't mean you do heroin. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, the one thing that I actually noticed um, that made me kind of scratch my head a little bit about that hotline that he created was it was 1-800-CORY. But there's not yeah. enough numbers in Corey yeah, to I actually know. make it a full number. So it was like... Corey 666 or something like yeah I don't know I I just thought that was weird I thought that was interesting too well Lisa Simpson Hmm? remember when Lisa Simpson is like addicted to that call and it's like a boy like a pre-recorded oh yeah 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 (laughs) right like the one where she uh where they play like the dream date dream phone game and he's like you got the dud hey it looks like you point dexter (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so um uh at this point he was like obviously doing a lot of drugs and brooke MacArthur, who plays paul in the lost boys started managing him in an effort to get him sober but his drug problem continued like into the 90s which caused his performances to suffer leading to a decline in his like audience and fans Mm -hmm. and he at that point started to make a lot of like direct-to-video movies Um, as well as an album he made an album in 1994 he signed a deal with a German record label yeah he went to Germany in 94 and he signed a record deal and uh, they recorded the album but the deal didn't go through and it was never released yeah yeah do you know what kind of music it was no probably Um, it says uh no i don't know just uh, the song is called you give me everything and it actually was released as a four-track single so we can probably find it on youtube if you're interested okay 
And then so, and then he filed for bankruptcy in 97. No. He owed $100,000 to the IRS and had another $100,000 in debt. No. Um, in the early 2000s, he attempted to get back into film. He was in rehab and then he was on prescription meds, but then he later became addicted to the prescription mm. drugs and then eventually took up to like 85 pills a day. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, that's nothing. It gets worse. Um, so in 2001, um, his mom found him unconscious at his L.A. house, and he couldn't even afford the medical bills, and he sold his hair and his tooth on eBay to try to pay for the medical bills, but then the mm. tooth ended up going for $150, but then the listing was pulled because of eBay's policies on selling body parts. So... Um, after that, he moved into an apartment. Yeah, this is actually like a really sad story. It is. Uh, after that, he moved into an apartment with his mom in Santa Monica. And then uh, Corey Feldman, who was clean at that time, he tried to help him by moving him into his house. And then they spent some time at Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch. Uh, yeah. Um, he later just, after that, just didn't do anything and just stayed in his apartment and just ate food and watched TV and gained a bunch of weight and he actually later admit that he didn't leave his apartment for three and a half years. Yeah. So he just stayed home depressed like not so doing So no wonder anything. he had pneumonia. Like the man didn't move. Uh, yeah. And a lot of uh, uh, drug addicts end up getting pneumonia because it enlarges your heart and it also like uh, produces a lot of water to fill right, up in your right, lungs. Right. Um, so in 2004 his mom convinced him to move back to Toronto and he got sober and then he started the reality show The Two, the two Corys. Yeah, yeah, um, but that. then okay. he relapsed again during the second season um, and then became once again addicted to prescription meds. Um, the second season, apparently, I see I've never seen the show, but the second season was a lot darker because he started to confess secrets and it was like unscripted. Like they yeah. did not, like he threw them out there and like nobody knew that he was actually going to like say anything, but he confessed secrets about his childhood, about being like sexually abused. Mm. And like both Corys were definitely like sexually yeah, abused when sure. they were younger in the 80s. Like they even stated like I think Corey uh I can't remember which Corey said it but they said that like growing up in LA in the 80s was the worst time to be in LA but in we, the 80s. we've talked about that before right how a bunch of directors would use their power to influence all yeah. little yeah, boys man. and girls they tried yeah. they're honestly like that book, like Corey Feldman's book choreography like goes into detail about it and it's Fox that's a brilliant title yeah. Choreography. I know. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's fucked. Yeah. Like they go into detail about how they were like raped. It's bad. It's I mean, really bad. Yeah, there's just a ton of that. Yeah. So um yeah, so the second season of the show got really dark because he started, like, confessing, like, about, like, being sexually abused and all the madness that, like, occurred in the 80s as a child star in Hollywood. Um, in 2008, he actually wanted to come back to acting again and wanted to be a part of the Lost Boys, the tribe. And then, but he cried when he was told that there was no role for him. But then, so, but then he was offered a cameo. But then he showed up, like, hi, and then couldn't remember his lines. Uh, yeah. Um, so him and Corey Feldman's friendship like parted after Feldman said that he didn't want to talk to him until he got clean um, because he didn't want him around his kid. And, I'm sorry. Um, Whose kid? Uh, Corey Feldman's kid. Has a child? Yeah, you didn't know he's that. He's got a yeah. couple kids, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's got yeah. a couple kids. 
Yeah, but like he didn't want him to be around his wife or kid, right? Because he was like a bad influence. Totally. Yeah. And then so their friendship kind of deteriorated, and A and E canceled the show in the middle of season two. Yeah, because it got it got too messed up. He was yeah. just like he was out of control, and like yeah, apparently by like July of two thousand and eight, he actually had become like destitute and homeless. He was homeless. In he LA. was actually homeless in L A. And then Gerard McMahon, who wrote Cry Little Sister, took him in. And they had an idea for a reality show called Lost Boy Found. They filmed a pilot, but it wasn't picked up, which is very unfortunate because I feel like that could have fucking saved his life. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so then like he was attached to play some roles in movies in 2010 and he was even slated to direct a couple and him and Corey Feldman like reconciled and they were going to film a sequel to License to Drive called License to Fly. Ooh. Yeah. But then... At that point, he uh, he moved into an apartment with his mom while she had breast cancer, and then she phoned nine one one after he had collapsed. Which is crazy that the call leaked on the internet. Yeah. By the way, no, I don't ever want to so listen to sad. that. That's way what too the sad. Fuck is wrong I know, with and he was pronounced dead at the hospital of accidental overdose. Um, he before he died, like the month before he died, he illegally used. Um, fake names to get prescription drugs from different mm-hmm. pharmacies and acquired over over 550 pills in like three days. Like he and he took them all. Yeah, and they included like Valium, Vicodin, Soma, Xanax. I don't want to like say anything. I mean, I've had a couple bubblies, but like that would not happen in Canada. I cannot imagine a scenario where someone would give me drugs without photo ID proving that I was not the fucking pr- like they don't just. I mean, I've tried to get antibiotics, and they're like, ooh, like, uh, I need some proof of, like... That's yeah. just crazy that he walked in there with a fake ID and got 500 fucking pills. Yeah, like, over, like, That's many so pharmacies. Like, he acquired, up. like, over 400... Sorry, 550 pills, like, and he took them all, like, at you least gotta a figure, month before You gotta figure, though, I mean, what part of that... You're, you're homeless. You have no career. You have no friends. What part of that is almost suicidal? Do you know what I mean? Like, not like he committed suicide, but when you stop caring about your life so much that you're just pumping those pills into your body, I mean, you're almost, you're, it's a, it's a fine line, right? Mm. Like, you just don't care anymore. I feel bad. I mean, because he was, he had, like, he had such, he probably just gave promise and like, he was so sad. He was talented. He had, uh, like, you know, like such, uh, admiration for his work because he was a good actor like in the 80s and then like what happened was like he had pulmonary edema which happens to like drug abusers like your lungs just like fill with water so it's really sad he never he never got married he never had any kids he was engaged four times he dated four times times he was engaged actually one of his engagements he proposed to the girl two days after he met her she was a model yeah and then he also dated Alyssa Milano in the 80s and he also dated Victoria Beckham I saw that that was really weird yeah no crazy in like the Uh, mid 90s I think yeah But uh, he has stated that The Lost Boys was one of the greatest, greatest times of his life was like during the filming of this movie. Yeah. I don't know. It is. It's really sad. It's actually really sad. Like, Like, I usually don't like sympathize with a lot of like drug abusers. mm -hmm. Likewise. But with him, it just, it sucked because he was so young. 
and was such a big star and like he was always so happy you know, like, before he got addicted to, like, crack, and he, like, in interviews, like, with his mom, like, his mom would always say that, like, he was so surprised that all those girls were there to see him, and yeah. she's like, yeah, you're a big star now, you know what I mean? It's just like, and they just, the the prescription drugs just destroyed him. Like, they just, like, fucked with his brain, and his thought pattern and everything and just like completely destroyed yeah him. he just like basically yeah like like you said megan it was just like suicide it was just right really, it's really like slow. it's not actually like i'm gonna kill myself no. but it's like i don't care anymore yeah you know? it's really i feel like really right depressing. before he died though that he he almost like wanted to like try to save himself yeah. because like of that that show that they had an idea right. for like the lost right. boy found show and was like this is what's gonna get me finally sober and then it wasn't picked up like i fucking wish that show was picked up because i maybe it could have saved him it's fucked but yeah it's a pretty sad story it's too bad this is like a super emotional moment right now yeah, i know like, like david just got <laughs> man there's a lot of some heavy and shit also, like the part where um <laughs> Where he says death by stereo, the band death by stereo yeah. got their band name, like got the Ooh, name from this movie. Death yeah. By stereo. Um, I just want to, on a side note, um, about Corey Haim, remember how I was talking earlier about the, the weird, my weird superpower. So apparently the first show that he ever acted on was a Canadian TV series called the Edison twins. Do you guys remember that? No, no. no two days are quite the same. No. Life is just a learning game. And no. if you lose your head, you'll always win. <laughs> just like the Edison twins. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't remember that show. It was like an 80s show about like two like, I guess, brother and sister that were, like, geniuses. Anyways. Oh, interesting. I, I'm weird, and I remember that shit. That's funny. Well, I love Corey Feldman. Oh, my God. Uh, I, seriously, okay, like, I was, <laughs> when his tour was going on this year, I was so upset that it wasn't coming to Toronto because he can't cross the border, and it didn't even come to Detroit because we're, like, we're in London, and London is right in the middle of Detroit and Toronto, and I was like, come on, like, at least come to Detroit so I can go see you, but, yeah, so Corey Feldman. Why, well, um, is he a criminal? Uh, I, I think he just has country? a record. Yeah, he yeah. must have just, like, a record or something, but, um... Yeah, so Corey Feldman, obsessed with him when I was a kid. I seriously was so in love with him. Um, he obviously is Tommy Jarvis in Friday 13th yeah, Part 4, so cool. the beginning of Part 5. And fun fact, Tommy Jarvis was actually supposed to be the new killer because at the end of Part 4, when he goes all psycho and like they were actually supposed to kill off Jason and then the next movie was supposed to be like the new like way that Friday 13th yeah, was supposed right. to go and Tommy mm. Jarvis was actually supposed to be the killer but then he was uh, cast in the Goonies and then was like way too busy with the Goonies and that's why he was just at the very very beginning of uh, part 5 um, so he's also the little boy in Gremlins I always yep. forget that Corey Feldman is in yeah. Gremlins whoa 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 yeah, he's like the friend. Remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's obviously the Goonies, <laughs> uh, which is a great film. Um, he's also in Stand By Me mm-hmm. with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, the Burbs, I love. That movie is fun. Oh, I love, that's a good one. I love The Burbs. I love the part where he's like, pizza dude. <laughs> um, also, another thing I did not know about Corey Feldman, which blew my mind, he does the voice of Donatello in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. 
I had no idea. I'm gonna have to rewatch that, but I can see it. I can totally well, I, like, I can picture it. I'm, I'm a so, bigger, like radical. I know. Well see, like I am a bigger fan of part two of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. So that's probably why I didn't know that. But he uh, is also in a movie that's like been on my radar for like a while now that I need to watch and it looks so bad and it's called Rock and Roll High School oh Forever. Oh my God, it looks so It terrible. looks so bad and I need forever. to watch it. Um, he's in a Tales, from the, a Tales from the Crypt episode. He gets murdered by a treadmill. Um, he's oh, nice. also in Bordello of Blood. Oh, and yeah, even, even in Bordello of Blood, yeah. like holy fuck, I was like so in love with him. I thought he was so... So Dude, hot. Come on. Yeah. I have, I have problems. I know. <laughs> Don't judge me. A man, if a man was a stereotypical witch, it would be him. He's got this, <laughs> he's got this like upturned chin and this like downturned nose. Like, and his he has, like face no comes lips. in. I know. He has like the yeah. tiniest lips too. Like he looks like, know, like he's like give, give a good gummy. You know? I was hey. like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I had really weird crushes when I was a kid, like Crispin Glover and James Spader. Like what the fuck was wrong with me? But um, he's also in uh, Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, and I actually what is that? Sat through it. I watched that motherfucking movie, and it's so bad. Like they made him like try to make him like look old, like because he's like the old like crazy wacky scientist that like invents the dolls and stuff and gives them life, and they put like gray like like hairspray like in his hair to like make him look older. But like he wears the same outfit during the whole movie, and his daughter is like the girl who plays his daughter like they look the same age oh my God. it was so, so bad. bad and it has the girl who played the um uh the lady from like the weird science tv show oh okay something angel because like i remember like we mentioned her before and yeah. you're like oh is she one of Corey's angels but she's not <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so his first acting gig. <laughs> I know his first acting gig was when he was three years old. Like he's been acting since he was three. That's wild. He was that explains like, yeah, stuff. He yeah. was in a McDonald's Christmas commercial, and I watched it. And he's so adorable. Um, he's appeared in over a hundred commercials and fifty TV series. Come on. Yeah, he also had. A battle with drugs, but he eventually got clean. He was in um, a newfound glory video, oh um, Moby video, Thirty Seconds to Mars, and Katy Perry. Um, oh, yeah. He released his first album in '92. He has five albums, and he was also in the British like Dancing on Ice show. And I sent it to you guys, like in yeah. He does it to Stand by Me. And uh, he also has his biography, the choreography that came out in 2003. Um, he was emancipated when he was 15. He's been married three times. Um, get this. One of his marriages was officiated by MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> How much more 80s can you I know. Oh, He's so MC Hammer is an ordained minister. That is so bad. I know. Um, he's also a Democrat and a vegetarian. Oh, I actually good. had no idea that he was a vegetarian um so he also auditioned for the role of bat of sorry of robin and batman forever and get this i did not know this he was actually written into the script of et as elliot's best friend but as rewrites kept happening his role kept reducing so steven spielberg just told him okay we're just gonna like cut your character out of the movie and i'll 
I promise I'll give you a major role in one of my other movies, which turned out to be Gremlins because um, cool. Steven Spielberg was the executive producer in Gremlins and, and Goonies because he wrote Goonies. Awesome. And um, he was actually almost fired from The Lost Boys because she, he showed up on set high on oh. weed and coke after not sleeping for two days, but his agent saved his ass. And then after that, his dad became his manager. Hey man, balance weed and yeah. coke. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I just looked up his net worth because we just mentioned Yasmina that he's been on fifty shows and yeah. da da da. His net worth is a mere two million. Yeah. Oh, because I mean, well, he's not doing like that. And well and I now. assume that he, you know, classic to the the child actors, right? Is you spend, spend, yeah. spend. When Dude, you're, seriously though, yeah, like when know? that like that, investing isn't your main fucking focus. Yeah. No. You know what though? There there's something I think endearing almost about him in the fact that like yeah, like he used to be like a really big child star and he was in a lot of huge movies, but he never stopped working. And it seems like even mm. though he got over his drug problems, <sighs> it's like and yeah, maybe he like takes on like not the greatest projects, but he still produces. He still acts. He would be mm. endearing. He makes fun right of himself until, a lot. No, but he would be endearing right up until the point that we watched that fucking um, daytime TV. Oh my god! Um, that Angelica because, the Core you're album that he. You know, he he laughs himself. He was so fucking serious about himself. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I can't, yeah. I lost all, it. like my boner went away. Like <laughs> curled up inside me, never to be found again. I can't, I can't. Your boner curled up into your vagina. <laughs> yeah, like for all of you fucking listeners, tell me you've seen it. Well, I was, must have mentioned that, it. Okay, Come that, on, the day, okay, the day that performance was on the Today Show or whatever, that was like oh, on that was pretty TV, fucking funny. I... I probably watched it like 10 times that day. Like I was like, I can't believe this is real. And then people obviously lost their minds oh on God, the internet and trolls. It. And then he made, remember he made that video after? Yeah, and then he made yeah, a video uh, after that was uh, like, uh, I don't know what, I'm like so everybody sad. is like talking about, like it's like I'm just trying to be like humble and be peaceful and everybody's <laughs> making fun of me and blah, 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 blah. But it's because the music. And well, like, he's I'm so, sorry, out, he's outdated. Like, the, even the, he the, thinks he's Michael Jackson. And like but the band weird. members, they, they were can't playing even play instruments, their instruments. And like, they were I'm sorry. Back and forth. Holy oh. shit! I can't even watch the guitar player and the bass player play. I can't. Like I'm just like, what the fuck? And he's like doing weird like. But I love it at the same time though. Like I, I know. was obsessed with it. Like I, I actually that song Ascension Millennium. I actually like that song because I played it so many times because yeah. I was like so obsessed with this this new thing that yeah. he was doing with like the, the, the Corey and the angels. And like, I've watched like live videos and he has like costume changes. He introduces every girl in the band more than twice. Like he'll be oh. like, this is my wife, Courtney. And then like two seconds later, sorry, not two seconds later, like two songs later, she'll, she'll leave the stage and come back and be like, I have like a special guest to sing this next song. And it's my wife, Courtney. And then, like, he has, like, a screen behind him that shows videos. And, like, the, the videos, like, show, like, footage from 9-11 and oh my shit. God. Like, it's weird. And, like, we're sure he's clean. Yes. Yeah. He, he like, so he's, he's all, like, he loves, like, God and shit he's just now. Crazy. No, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's all, like, because the whole album is about, like, uh, balance of, like, good and evil. Okay, interesting. And everything. Okay. And, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but either way... I 
I, I can't even like describe how I feel about it because like it's like I know it's ridiculous I know it's awful but because it's Corey Feldman it's awesome at the same time right. like and I want to fucking see it in concert so badly but he can't come to Toronto and I'm like just waiting for him to come we to might Detroit. have to travel we might have to travel but so many people that like keep going to his shows and they're just like seeing Corey Feldman tonight and I'm just like god damn fuck you I want to see him so badly and like I actually like when the tour was announced it was supposed to come to Toronto and I was like I don't even fucking care how much the meet and greet is I am paying hundreds of dollars to meet him I need to meet him like because I would be so starstruck if I ever met him because I'd be like because it's like the part of me of my childhood that was like obsessed with him but then the new part of my life that's like also obsessed obsessed with him him. for like different reasons but yeah, that that video though for Ascension Millennium. Oh, it's oh my crazy. god, it's so bad. Yeah, no, it's he's so he's bad. apparently remember the of part where he's it's like absurd. playing with the band in a room and then the walls like fall yeah. and then there's like a stadium crowd or something oh, like wow. that and then like isn't like Sean Sean Astin is in the video too? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's like making food in his kitchen or some <laughs> shit. Like, it's fucking weird. Oh god, I I still love him though. I love Corey Feldman so much. But yeah, so um, he didn't attend Corey Haim's funeral out of no. respect for the family oh, okay. because the family wanted it to be low key. So he was yeah. like, "If I show up, then yeah. like the media will be there." Blah, blah blah blah. So I understand that's that. Admirable, but so but he wrote. Sad. I remember the day though that Corey Haim died, and he wrote uh, an open letter. Um, and he was also on Larry King live. Oh, no kidding. I believe. Yes. So, uh, what are the other actors that we were talking about? So Jace, Jameson Newlander, who plays Alan Frog. Um, the only other thing that I've really seen him in is the blob. I'm pretty sure that's like the only, he's only had like five titles. Yeah. Yeah. He's not really like, he doesn't really have that many titles. And three of them were from the Lost Boys. But he's also in Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. And if you have not seen that movie, you should fucking watch that movie. That's a great movie. That movie was so good. And like, yes, very gory. That one part, I'm not going to spoil it, but goddamn, it's pretty fucking awesome. But he also directed and starred and like wrote a short called Rooster, but I've never seen it. Um, And he also has his own podcast and it's called the Jameson Newlander and Some Other Guy Show. And the (laughs) co-host is always unidentified. It's like a mystery who the co-host is. Oh. Yeah, like who knows who he is. He also is apparently uh, working... Uh, or is acting in a movie that's about the two Corys. Really? Called A Tale of Two Corys. What? And it's a film that's portraying the lives of the Corys in the 80s and depicting their childhood and their troubled adulthood. That's and, crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, um, it's supposed to be coming out, I think, this year. It seems like it's a lower budget production, but yeah. I'm assuming that Corey Feldman has, like, given his story, and it's based on probably a lot of his, like, mm-hmm. uh, book and stuff like that. But yeah, so there's other actors playing them, obviously. But oh, it's weird! Telling their story. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, he only has a small part nah. in it. Um, uh, I guess he's playing, I think, like a cop or something in it. Um, weird. But yeah, I'd be curious to see it because I'm sure that those those stories and would be, I don't know. Yeah, their life was pretty fucked. Maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Edward Herman, who plays Max mm-hmm. in The Lost Boys. Um, he passed away in 2014. Um, he's in The Great Gatsby, yeah. which is insane. And um, also one of my favorite like uh, teen 90s movies, My Boyfriend's Back. Yeah. <laughs> I love that That's movie. A good one. I saw it in theaters. I love that movie. He was also in Nixon. Um, he's in Oz, the TV show, which I've never seen, but I've heard really good things about it. Lots of naked people in it. Yeah. yeah Lots of like pe- jail penises. Stuff. Penises. 
Bums and butts. Yeah. Um, he's also in... Um, Okay, so this is actually kind of interesting. Um, he's in the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And I have seen the Gilmore Girls. I mm-hmm. will admit it. Enjoy that movie. Movie. TV show. Duh. And uh, it's actually kind of funny because in The Lost Boys, they make mention to, uh, like, oh, it's the return of, like, Eddie Munster mm-hmm. when they're talking about Laddie. And a lot of people used to always say that Max looks like... Herman Munster. Yeah, And it's actually kind of funny because in Gilmore Girls, they make that mention and they say that he looks like Herman Munster. And get this, Fred Gwynn, who is the guy who played Herman Munster in The Munsters, was considered for the role of Max. Interesting. They look what? exactly the same. That's weird. And it's funny because, like, because it was mentioned in The Gilmore Girls and The Lost Boys. Yeah. I liked his role in the Gilmore Girls. Yeah, like, yeah. Debenham. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. And uh, has also played FDR three times. Yeah, isn't that strange? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, he also, I don't know, this is just me being a nerd, but um, he narrates for Nova. Ooh. Or he did narrate for Nova for a really long time. And also for the History Channel. Nice. And he was a spokesperson for Dodge in the 90s. Because he's got one of those voices, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. And he also won a Tony Award for Best Actor. Oh, nice. Um, in the 70s. He's adorable. He's an adorable he's old so man, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Actually, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting. So apparently him and Diane Wiest uh, collaborated as directors uh, on the Williamstown Theater Festival in 1985. So they actually had worked together before they were in oh, this cool. movie on a theater festival. Oh, that's cool. Which is kind of cool. Well, um... A few tidbit things about trivia on the Lost Boys. Um, the tear in David's eye, like when he burns his hand out of the cave, was actually real because the contact lens was like burning and irritating Jesus. his eye. Uh, which is exactly like almost the same thing that happened in the Fright Night like episode when we like talked about how their contact lenses were like right. burning their sizzling eyes. their eyes. Yeah. And it just like added to the effect it was I so know. Hilarious. Um this movie invented the term vamp out which is used no. quite often in the Buffy TV show. Okay, cuz you know what? I read that too and I was like what term vamp out? Like, I never fucking heard that. No one says it on the streets. What does it mean? On the streets, maybe not, but, like, in, like, <laughs> in, in vampire pop culture, movies. yeah. I mean, like, they say, because I'm a huge what Buffy fan. Like, just, like, vampire, like, vamp out when they become a vampire. Oh! Like, when they take, You're like, their vampire. Out, yeah. Like, and she says it, Buffy says it all the time, okay. like, in the TV show. I read that, too, and I was like, I've never heard that, but I'm oh, not well, a Buffy I love Buffy, and like they do say it a lot in that show. I know I am. Yeah, I love that show. Um, But the blood had glitter in it to give it a shimmering look, and it was actually a lot slimier than like regular fake blood. But like, I love that you can like see the glitter in that scene when they actually like come out of the cave, and there's like just like sparkly like sparkly blood (laughs) blood everywhere. everywhere. I mean, at least they're not sparkly vampires. Yeah, Yeah. Ah, that's funny. Um, another very interesting thing that I never knew about this movie, uh, Kelly Jo Minter, who is an actress, uh, in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, she's the diver girl that, like, dies in the school mm-hmm. pool, and she's also in People Under the Stairs and Popcorn. Fuck's um, sake! I love those movies. She 
is you can actually only see her in the background of Max's store. She works at Max's store cool. with Lucy, but she actually had like a full scene, but it ended up like being deleted. And I watched the deleted scene on YouTube today, but I thought it was kind of interesting because her name is like a very prominent name, like at the beginning credits. And she just weird, yeah. And, then, and they and cut her basically. They cut her out, but they yeah. just left her. Name. Yeah, that seems weird. I know. Um, also, uh, the comic book that they that they have in the movie vampires everywhere was created solely for this movie and the cast signed it and the owner of the comic book shop has the copy and he will let anyone come into the store and hold it and take pictures with it free of charge Sick. that's cool also there's a really shitty band that called themselves vampires everywhere oh i think i remember that yeah. band aren't they like just like a hot topic band yeah. or some shit yeah i remember that <laughs> one day i'll watch lost boys the thirst Mo- i'll give it a shot I'll give it a shot. <laughs> I mean, I watched fucking Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Brutal. Holy shit, that was brutal. Fucking terrible. That was so bad. And, like, it's funny because Corey Feldman, like, because he's supposed to play, like, an older guy, like, has, like, he adds, like, more raspiness, like, oh. to his voice. Oh, so it's and just, it's just extra like, <laughs> So bad. Oh, that's terrible. He's definitely I just, like, the most talented man on the planet. I, I just, yeah, when it comes to, like, I mean, to, Corey like, the... Haim was a better, I was trying to say was a better Corey. Like actor, like talent mm-hmm. wise, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like I can't I can't do the puppet masters. I just can't. Yeah, do it. no, they're all really? bad. I can't. I can't do it. Not even one of them. I not even the first one. Well, we were talking about like entertaining the idea of like doing um, dolls for an episode soon, and I told Morgan that I was like, I will fucking sit through every Puppet Master movie for research, like for the dolls episode. I think, and you know what? I think for that very reason, we should do it because I would love to see what Yasmina's face looks like after she's watched like fourteen fucking Puppet Master movies. Yeah, it's gonna be horrible. It'll be the worst few weeks of your life. I know. And it really you'll be, be getting texts from me that I are know. just like the emojis it's of gonna like be... the scary face. It's like, oh God, I just watched part five. Like, worst of the me. worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're about ready to wrap it up. The thing about like this episode I mean, we've seen this movie, like, so many times, and, like, many people, obviously horror fans, like, I've seen this movie so many times that you could just have it in the background, and you know exactly what is going on. Like, you don't have to pay attention to yeah. it. And, like, when we were doing our research for this movie, seriously, like, we were just, like, so, like, in awe with, like, how much trivia there was on the actual movie, on the actors, because it's, like, all A-list actors. Yeah. And, like, there's a ton of info that we yeah. were just, like, I bet we're not even going to be, like paying attention like and while the movie's this movie been was done like, for half an yeah hour, like we actually sure. the movie so finished like yeah. half an hour yeah. ago because there's so much information yeah like, we had like pages i had like five stuff. pages of yeah. research like morgan had like seven so um we hope everybody enjoyed it um gave some people some insight on some interesting facts about the actors and we got a little sad about Corey Haim, but it was expected. But um, we hope everybody enjoyed the episode. And um, Michael, Michael. Oh yeah, how many times does he say Michael in oh, the movie? Oh, apparently Michael is said 118 times in this movie. I love Come that. On. That actually one of my Good favorite fact. things Good about fact. this movie is how people say his name, Michael. Michael. Like, and I know I have a friend named Michael and I just have to say his name like that. I'm just like, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. I'm pretty sure we've probably said that in previous episodes. Oh yeah, for sure. Michael. Awesome. Well, we're going to have a dance party to Lost in the Shadows. And, uh, 
We'll have the song playing at the end of the episode so you guys can have a dance party as well. Damn right. And uh, yes, thank you very much for joining us on um, tonight's episode. And uh, we are signing off. Bye-bye. And have a good evening. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.